We don't have to get quiet. We're just behaving. Maybe this is... Not maybe. As we glean new converts, as we see folks filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name, that is not their only encounter with God. It should not be their only encounter with God. That should not, I'm not even going to say it doesn't have to be or it shouldn't be or it, it doesn't have to be. It just should not be the only time they get lost in his presence. That's not biblical. We're going to talk about biblical things tonight. Psalm 150. That's what I'm getting at. And I'm just going to go ahead and take the cat out of the rocking chair store. Let it out of the bag. Do whatever. We're setting the cat free tonight. We got a responsibility, Holy Ghost filled believers. I said, we got a responsibility. Let me just tell you what's going on right now. I'm feeling strength that I didn't feel earlier. I'm feeling some gumption that I didn't quite feel earlier. I'm telling you right now, we got a responsibility, believers, to help create the atmosphere, to help teach, to help train, to show forth the praises of Him. Our worship is biblical. I'm going to say that again. Our worship is biblical. Our praise is biblical. It's not biblical to go to a quiet church. It's Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery and harp. That's why we've got music in our worship. Praise Him with the timbrel and the dance. Praise Him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath Praise the Lord. Then he pauses and there's a command. Praise the Lord. I said there's a command and he said praise ye the Lord. I don't know about you, but on this day in January, what is it, January 8th, this 8th day of January, this Sunday night, I choose praise. I'm just going to let you in on my plan. I plan on preaching so hard you pass out. Either you're going to pass out or I'm going to pass out or we'll pass out together. But I'm going to tell you right now, we're behaving. We're not out of line. This is biblical. This is why we... This is why we praise God. Because there's breath in our body. telling you there's breath in your body so you ought to praise him why don't you take 30 seconds and praise the Lord come on you got 20 seconds left Somebody's going to get their strength back before we're through.
can keep doing this. You just follow along with me. We find the word praise used more than 250 times throughout Scripture. It's a word that's familiar to many, but should not only be familiar. You ought not to only be able to define the word praise. You ought not only be familiar with the word praise. You ought not only be able to recognize the word praise. But if you're a spirit-filled believer, you've got a responsibility to put praise into action. I said if you're a spirit-filled believer, you ought to put praise into action. In fact, the psalmist told us in Psalm 150, he said, if you got breath in your body, yay, not just physical breath, but honey, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost came, they were all in one accord. And there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. What was it? It was the breath of God breathing the breath of life. So we don't just have breath, baby. We got life. And because I got breath, and because I've got life, I got to praise. What are you doing, Pastor? I'm trying to get you to understand that in this kind of atmosphere that we ought to create every time we come in the doors, anything is possible. Revelation 5.11 And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. What is he saying? It was an innumerable host of heaven. What were they doing? Saying with a loud voice, Worthy! is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. When he was slain, he was slain and he received all power in heaven and on earth. Heavenly riches and earthly riches alike. All wisdom, all strength, honor, glory, and blessing in every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them. Heard I saying, blessing and honor, glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne. Creation is praising God. Your dog's at home praising God. Winston needs it. He needs a touch of the Holy Ghost. The beasts in the field are praising God. The trees in your yard, as they wave back and forth, as the wind begins to blow... That tree that was planted by the atheist is praising God. Every beast owned by the atheist, every beast owned by a Muslim or a Hindu, it's not praising Buddha, it's not praising Allah, it's praising the Almighty God. John the Revelator said, I heard them, I heard them. And if every creature which is in heaven or in earth, under the earth, in the sea, if they're praising God, if they're saying worthy is the Lamb, how much more ought the redeemed of the Lord praise Him? Do you want your beast out praising you? If you'll hold your peace, God said, I'll make the rocks cry out. Somebody is going to praise him. It might as well be me. (laughs) 
It's going to be me. One Bible dictionary says that praise is the recognition and acknowledgement of merit, virtue, character, or conduct deserving reward, honor, or esteem. Let me just tell you, this is not hype. I'm not even going to stoop to the level to say this is not just hype. This isn't hype at all. This is not emotionalism. Why? How can you say that, Pastor? Because regardless of my emotions, he is worthy of my praise. His praiseworthiness, Brother Isaac, has nothing to do with how I feel and everything to do with who he is. You ought to take 30 more seconds. This is biblical. I choose praise. I choose praise. are involved in praise the one who possesses the merit the virtue, the character or at least is believed to because people praise a lot of things people give praise to things that are not worthy of praise we're going to define praise biblically here in just a few moments and as we do I want you to think about every ball game you've ever been to Ball games that you've seen, concerts that you've seen, entertainment venues that you have participated in or seen from a distance. And you tell me if there's not praise going on. Two parties are involved in praise. The one possessing the merit or believed to possess the merit and the other one who is the person who is acknowledging the virtue, acknowledging the merit, acknowledging the character. When it comes to apostolic Pentecostalism, you and I are acknowledging that God is worthy of our praise. I'm just going to be real frank with you tonight. Every time I don't worship Brother Venable, I'm telling him he's not worthy of my praise. I'm telling him he's not been so good to me. In the Bible, praise unto God is universal on the part of everyone that acknowledges him. If you acknowledge his existence, then you ought to praise him. What are you doing, Pastor? You're preaching, but I'm also praising. What are you doing? You're playing the keyboard. You're playing the drums. You're playing the guitar. You're playing the bass. You're clapping your hands. You're running the aisles. It's more than action, baby. It's praise. It's praise. It's praise. And it's not because I'm so talented. It's because he's so worthy. He deserves my best praise. Throughout the entire history of the country of Israel, the people of Israel, as Israel's historians picture it, there is a constant element of praise unto Jehovah, Israel's God. We find the praise that begins in men's heart, and then it begins to rise to a formal expression. It's in my heart, and it's got to come out. I'm just going to sit here quietly because the Lord knows what's in my heart. You know what? He just might. But it's... Why don't you go ahead and open your mouth and make sure that he knows. He didn't keep his salvation plan to himself. I desire to save them. No. 
didn't sit tick back in the heavenly throne, which is probably a massage chair. He didn't just sit up there with a plate of cookies, drinking a glass of milk, and say, you know what? These folks need a savior. You know what? I want to save them. No. He said, just having the thought is not enough. I got to get off my throne and robe myself in flesh. He's worthy of my praise. He's worthy of the thought of praise, but he's also worthy of the action. And I got to put my praise into action. I'm preaching to a people tonight that love to praise God. It's in my heart and it's got to come out. You're going to have to try harder if you want me to pass out. Psalm 33 and verse 1. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. That means, baby, it looks good. It catches my eye. It makes my heart thump. The word comely means suitable or beautiful to those who are the upright or those who are striving to be upright, to be set apart unto God. Praise is not only necessary, but it is suitable and it is beautiful, baby. Boys, when you come into the church house or when you go to that youth conference and you're trying to catch the eye of a young lady, the best thing you can do before you leave that hotel room, before you leave that bathroom at home, is you lather yourself up with the garment of praise. With the lotion of love for the Lord. With the perfume not you guys. The cologne. The cologne of clapping to Christ. And you walk into the church house. Hello. I'm not just here to impress you. I want to impress you. But let me tell you something. If she's the right one before she walked out of her hotel room. Because y'all ain't been sharing no hotel room. Before she walked out of her bathroom at her house, she done put on the perfume of perfect praise unto the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And all of a sudden, you're going to get in that altar and you're going to smell the savor of salvation. I don't know about you, but I still choose praise. I still choose praise. It looks good on you. That's why the world may look at your praise. And they may say, you're loco. You done lost your mind. Because they're not heading the same direction yet that you're heading. But I'm crazy enough to believe, honey, that if you'll get your praise on, like Paul and Silas locked up in a Philippian jail, that before too long, what had put them off and what had made them question all of a sudden going to set their bands free praise is beautiful to the righteous young ladies if you can't shout in those shoes kick the shoes off Let me, let me just pause here and address. That doesn't mean as soon as you walk in the door before the first note is ever. Nobody wants to see your feet. Y'all want me to take my shoes and socks off? No, you don't. Brother Craig just saved y'all's life. 
but when it's done in praise. The best way, young men, to break in a new suit is in praise. The best way to break in a new dress shirt is to sweat through it in praise. The best way to make sure that your tie fits right is can I worship in it? Can I praise God in it? You never look so good as when you praise Him. Now for all you dignified folks. Tosh on your posterior. There are seven different words used in scripture for our one English word praise. So for those desiring for me to expound and extrapolate the Word of God. There are seven words, seven words in your Bible, in my Bible for praise. In Matthew chapter 21 and verses 15 and 16, these are our closing texts. So you remember it now and then you won't have to remember it later. When the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that Jesus did and the children crying in the temple saying, Hosanna! the son of David they were sore displeased why are the kiddos crying out to Christ how are they hollering Hosanna the dignified don't understand The Pharisees did not understand. We are sore displeased. Why? Because that word Hosanna means God save now. They were not just shouting up nonsense. Hosanna means save now. And in verse 16, he said to those who were sore displeased, hear you what they say? Or I'm sorry, they were saying to him, do you hear what they're saying? Hosanna, they're telling you to save them now. You gotta stop them. They don't know what they're saying. They don't. Are you okay with this? Are you okay with these babies worshiping and they don't even know what they're doing? Are you okay with young people running the aisles? They're going to run somebody over. Jesus looked at those who were dignified. Jesus looked at those who were displeased. He said, yeah. In other words, yeah, I've heard them. But have you never read out of the mouths of babes and sucklings? Thou hast perfected praise. The babies had a better understanding of who he was than the displeased, dignified. The babies were saying, I know that Hosanna is reserved for the King of Kings, the Savior. And they're saying, Jesus, don't you hear what they're saying? Why don't you shut them up? He said, because they're in the mouth of these children is perfect praise. That type of declaration ought to make the spirit-filled believer. He's saying, I understand what they're saying. And I'm telling you, I am God Almighty. I am Jehovah. What is he doing? When he looked at them, he was quoting to them Psalm chapter 8 and verse 2, which was written about Jehovah. Oh, have you never heard? Have you never read out of the mouths of babes and sucklings? I've perfected praise. I am God Almighty. That type of declaration ought to make a spirit-filled believer rise up and shout. Knowing who the I am is ought to make us shout. 
Why? How? How can you say that, Pastor? Why would you say that? Because the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead, if it lives on the inside of you, it'll raise up your mortal body. Honey, let me tell you, when I was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, the I am moved in me. The I am that I am took up residence in my heart. The same God that stared down the Pharisees and talked about perfect praise lives on the inside of me. You chew on that for a minute. The same God that stepped to the portal of heaven and said, let there be light lives inside of you. We don't serve some puny little imp. I'm sorry, we got to keep the rhyming scheme going. We don't serve some puny little pipsqueak. It's God Almighty living inside of you. The first word. The first word the Bible uses to describe praise is the word halal. What are we doing, Pastor? I'm proving to you that what we do is biblical. It's a primary Hebrew word, root word for praise. Our word hallelujah comes from the base word halal. It means to be clear, to praise, to shine, to boast, to show, to raise. Don't you think that the world came up with the rave? Let me tell you something. When I come in the house of God, it excites me to the point. I got to celebrate. I can be clamorously foolish. Because halal. That's why we don't have quiet church. I'll just raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. Maybe that's not halalin. When I run the aisles, when I shout for joy, when I lift my voice, it's biblical praise. He's been too good for me to be silent. That's why I don't preach quiet. That's why I don't worship quiet. He's been so good to me. That means to me that halal is going to get noisy. You want to know when halal was used? <laughs> psalm 113 was a psalm filled, Brother Philip, with halal. I'll just read it to you. Praise ye the Lord. I'll just read it with the Hebrew word root word, okay? And you just know every time I say halal, it means praise. Halal ye the Lord. Halal, oh ye servants of the Lord. Halal the name of the Lord. Just, 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 just hang on a second. You know when they sang Psalm 113. Brother Ashton, it was when they celebrated the Passover. Mute that real quick. You got it? I got a halal for a second. Never mind, I broke it. 
talk to the pastor. I need a new book. Listen, every time they celebrated Passover, the blood is applied to my life. He brought me out. He brought me out of Egypt. He saved my life. I've been saved. I gotta get noisy. I've been spared from the angel of death. Therefore, I will praise. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. That means halal, never to die. From the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the name of the Lord is to be halal. That's why I don't always praise quietly. That's why I halal. Halaling. Halaling. Make up a new word. Is biblical. Having loud church, having loud worship, having loud praise is biblical. Have you ever seen a quiet NASCAR race? Boom, 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 boom. Well, the race is on in here. Come. That's pride in the back stretch. And heartaches moving to the inside. You ever been to a quiet football game? You ever been to a quiet basketball game? We don't think those people are crazy. They've stripped off their clothes and painted their chest and painted their faces. They're not looking at each other thinking, oh, why are you doing that? Why? Because they're praising their God. And here I am fully clothed, lifting my voice. And they want to look down their nose at me, honey. Let me tell you, praise is comely for the upright. Praise is not just something that I do when I'm with my fellow believers, but it's going to be taking place in every single day of my life. And then because it's taking place in every day of my life, when I come together with my fellow believers, there's a crescendo that's heard. A crescendo of praise. Halal, Psalm 150 and verse 1. Halal ye the Lord. Halal God in his sanctuary. Halal him in the firmament of his power. In the broad expanse of heaven. The sign and the seed of his power. Psalm 149.3. Let them halal his name in the dance. You're not a saved and sanctified statue. You want to know one of the best if you're ever praying for somebody and you can tell they are on the edge, buddy. I mean, they are there. There's something holding them back. You get in their ear. Put your hand laid on their head if it's appropriate. You say, what would you do if you knew the devil was underneath your right foot? Right. Well, let me ask you, oh sanctified one, what would you do if you thought or if you knew the devil was underneath your feet? The seed of the woman shall bruise the head. Hallel the Lord in the dance. Let them sing hallels unto him with the timbrel and heart. Halal is going to get noisy. Halal is going to get noisy. And that's okay. That is appropriate. Let me.
me tell you what's not appropriate in an apostolic Pentecostal church. If every service is quiet, that's not godly. Well, there are seven words for praise, Pastor. Allowing is just one. But do you want perfect praise? Do you want complete praise? That means that one of these days, you're going to have to get off your carcass. You're going to have to get off of your posh posterior and let the high praises of God be in your mouth. You're going to have to get noisy. Maybe I'm crazy, but I just think every once in a while, you ought to send shivers down Satan's spine with the sound of your worship. The second, the second word for praise is yada. It's a verb with a root meaning the extended hand. To throw out the hand. Therefore, to worship with extended hand, to lift the hand. So when I come into church, it's appropriate for me to lift my hand. Well, that's just excessive. Go to the basketball arena. You stand in that circle at half court and say, whoa, 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 hey, 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 hey. For that matter, go to a high school graduation. Everyone, please hold your applause until all of the students have been named. Hogwash, that's my boy. That's my girl. I'm proud of what they do have done. I'm proud of their accomplishments. I'm going to show them some support. And if I can do that for my boy, if I can do that for my girl, then I can do that for my God. According to the lexicon, Yadah is opposite of bemoaning. Pastor just ought to be glad I made it in the door. Why don't you take that sway up to the altar? And before long, woo! Let me tell you something. I'm just gonna. Let me just tell you something. You know what the devil wants you? The devil wants you depressed. Little, little ringing of the hands. I don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know. The best way for you to find out is to stop wringing your hands and get them in the air. Just brace yourself. I'm getting ready to use the world's words against them. Because I've been some places, young show hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care you gonna sit there and try to tell me that's not worship you gonna sit there and try to tell me that's not praise I'm gonna let you in on a top secret baby off of Satan's place. That's it, Sailor. You get your hands in the air, girl. That's it. We're, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm proud of you. You know what? Let me just tell you where worship, where worship started. It started with Satan. It started with Lucifer. The prince and the power of the air. The prince and power of the air waves. You can read the description. I believe it's either the book of Ezekiel or Isaiah. He's got pipes. 
adorning his body, his angelic body, covered with precious stones. And he would go before the glory of God. And we already know what the glory of God and the presence of God does because we read it in Genesis chapter 1 and we read it in Acts chapter 2 that where God begins to move, the wind begins to blow. It's the pneuma. It is the breath, the wind of God. And brother, brother Isaiah, what happens or what happened to Lucifer is that the breath or the wind of God would blow into those pipes like a pipe organ and music would begin to shine music would begin to sound and the glory of God that is light God is light and in him is no shadow of turning the light of the glory of God would hit those precious stones and it was a laser light show in the sky and there was music that began to play that's why you walk up into a nightclub and what do you see you see the spinning lights you saw the disco balls you saw the flashing you you heard the music you felt the thump of the bass why because just because he fell does not mean he lost his anointing So you got to be careful what you listen to. Because you are worshiping. Second Chronicles 20, verse 21. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that they should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord. You die the Lord. For his mercy endureth forever. They're going out to army or with the army. I could be, I could be distraught. I could be upset because here he is. He's putting a band out front. Would you hit him in the head with my trumpet? You crack him in the head with my drum? I'll poke you in the eye with my flute. But the king understood there's more power in that praise than there is in all the swords in Israel. So instead of being down and instead of being out, you ought to stand up and lift your hands. When you shout, when you die, you die the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Psalm 63 and verses 3 and 4 are another place where Yada is mentioned because thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall Yada thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. You ought to lift your hands right now. You ought to lift your voice right now. I choose praise. I choose praise. Oh, that men would yada the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. It's going to get noisy. There's action involved. Let me just tell you, you might walk in the doors depressed because life gets heavy. But you don't have to walk out the same way. I'm preaching about complete praise. If I'm going to have complete praise, there ought to not be any of the seven that I shy away from. The third, Todah comes from the same principle root word as yada, but it's used more specifically. Toda literally means an extension of the hand in adoration, avowal, or acceptance. By way of application, it is apparent in the book of Psalms and elsewhere that it's used when we thank God for things that we have not yet received. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know where it's going to come from. But Sister Deborah, I promise you, if you'll put a praise on it, God can work it out. 
I'm telling you, you don't have to have all the answers to praise him. I can lift my hands in adoration. I can lift my voice noisily. But I can also praise him when things aren't going my way. Listen to the language. Psalm 50, verse 14. Offer. Offer unto God. Todah. And pay thy vows unto the Most High. Praise is tied to offering. Don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work. It doesn't compute. But if I give God offering and tithe in one hand, my hand lifted in toe in the other, I'm going to thank him even though I haven't seen it yet. Verse 23 of chapter 50. Whoso offereth praise or offereth todah glorifieth me. And to him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. Can you praise God when you don't see it? I've told the story before. You can hear it one more time. The late Dr. Blash, in a lecture that I was participating in, was in a church somewhere between the North and South Pole. And he said the pastor called him. He said, Dr. Blash, Brother Blash, he was a pastor, he was a minister, powerfully used of God, anointed. He was also a doctor of mental health. There's a woman here who's been living in depression since some of her family members passed away. And it had been somewhere in the ballpark of like 25 or 28 years. It was a long time. He said, I've tried to help her. I don't know what else to do. So, Brother Blash said, I prayed. I was in town. I prayed. I preached for him. I was going to preach for him on weekend or he stayed over because he had preached for him something along those lines. And this woman meets with him. He meets with the woman. He's, he's prayed about it. He's not gotten an answer. He told us in class, he said, so I just laid down and took a nap. What else am I supposed to do? Maybe God wants to give me a dream. So I just laid down and took a nap. So then I'm sitting across the office from this woman. He said, Sister so-and-so, God just spoke to me that you need to march around the sanctuary 13 times. What are you trying to do? Make a fool out of me? He said, listen, sister, it's your depression. If you want to live with it, live with it. But that's what God said. He said, and I got up, said I went to the restroom, I walked out, and I hear the door of the sanctuary slam. He said, and I walked in, and Sister So-and-so, he graduated. He said, no, 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 no. Not by yourself. God wants you to do it in a service. And old sister Bertha, better than you, got all bent out of shape. Said, and I told her again, it's yours. If you want to live with it, then you keep living with it. I'm going home. He said that Monday, that pastor called him. He said, Brother Blash, he said, now brother, listen. I tried to tell her what God told me to tell her. And she wouldn't listen. He said, Brother Blash, would you just be quiet? Yes, sir. Military training kicked in. Yes, sir. He said, Brother, you won't believe Sunday during service. That woman got out of her pew. She hadn't moved in 28 years. 
She hadn't moved so long he could hear her creak when she got out of the pew. And she started walking around that sanctuary. Nothing the first time. Nothing the second time. But she kept going. Nothing the third time. Nothing the fourth time. Nothing the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, the eighth, the ninth, the tenth, the eleventh, or the twelfth. Nothing the 13th until she rounded the last corner. He said in Dr. Blash, when she rounded the last corner, it was like her age disappeared for 50 years. He said she danced and she shouted and God delivered her. Why? It didn't start with a halal. It started with a todah. It said, I'm going to praise him for things not yet received. I wonder when the last time was that we praised him when it didn't make sense, when I couldn't see how it was going to work out. I don't know why you got to shout so loud. I don't know why you got to sing those fast, newfangled songs. I don't like some of them either. I don't know why you got to do that. Let me tell you why. Because number four is Shabbat, which means to shout. I don't know why you got to preach so loud. I don't know why you got to holler so much. I just don't know why you got to do it that way. They don't do it that way over yonder. They don't do it that way over there. But honey, Shabbat is biblical. It means to shout. It means to address in a loud tone. It means to command to triumph. You want to know where Shabbat takes place? Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shabbat unto God with a voice of triumph. That's why I shout. That's why my praise is not always going to be quiet. We'll get there. We'll get there. Just chill. If your praise does not include Shabbat, I'm here to tell you your praise is not complete. You're not operating with the whole package. You might have four tires on the car, but at least one is flat. The wheel is spinning. But the hamster is gone. One generation shall shabak thy works to another and declare thy mighty acts. Elder, it's not the singular version of that word I'm using right now. It's a lot nicer than saying, you elderly, you old folks, those of us who are elder than some have a responsibility not to lose our shout. We got a responsibility to not lose our ability to get with the preaching to get with the singing we got a responsibility to choose praise because there's another generation that's watching you Isaiah 12 6 cry aloud and shout or Shabbat for joy O inhabitant of Zion for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel welcome to Zion the city of the living God. For all you quiet praisers, there's Barak. Number five. 
which means to kneel down, to bless God as an act of adoration, to salute. Let me talk to the shouters. If your praise repertoire does not include Barak, neither are you operating in complete praise. Now, there ought to have been some folks that shouted on that. Psalm 95, 6. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us barak before the Lord, our maker. First Chronicles 29, 20. Then David said to all the assembly, Now barak, or bless, the Lord your God. And all the assembly blessed, or baracked, the Lord, the God of their fathers, and bowed low and did homage to the Lord and to the King. It's necessary. That's part of praise. Being willing to humble yourself. Being willing to get down on your knees. Being willing to bow low and admit that He is God and you are not. Blesses Him. And is part of complete praise. I will bless. I will barack the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I'm going to have a grasp on complete praise. Number six, samar, means to pluck the strings of an instrument, to sing, to praise, a musical word, which is largely involved with joyful expressions of music with musical instruments. It's used in Psalm 21, verse, verse 13, Be exalted, O Lord, in thine own strength. So will we sing and samar, thy power. First Chronicles 16, 9, sing unto him, sing praises to him. Speak of all his wonders. That's why when we come into the church, it doesn't matter if it's your favorite song or if it's your least favorite song. We're just being real. We're just being honest. There's some songs, buddy, I can enter into his gates real quick. And there's some songs it takes me a while longer. But withholding Zamar is operating in incomplete praise. I don't know about you, but I'm not just going to sit on the sidelines until the music team gets it right. Be exalted, O Lord, thine own strength. King, praising God. For his many triumphs, his ongoing victories. These verses reflect a messianic praise from the human Messiah to God. For his triumph over every enemy. He set it to music. He busts out the band. Let me tell you something. If you want to take your praise to a next level, you just learn how to play an instrument. men of God that learned to play the piano and they've never played it in service. But they've learned to play the piano so they could incorporate music, their own music into their prayer and into their praying. Unfortunately, when I tried that, it was only happy birthday. But if you want to take your prayer and you want to take your praise to the next level, you pick something up and you teach yourself God, I'm not just doing this because I want to be on the platform. God, I'm not doing this because I want the spotlight. God, I'm doing this because I want to praise you more completely. I'm almost done. Musicians, you can come. Number seven. To halal. It's derived from the word halal. 
which is why we mentioned halal first. The singing of halals. To sing or to laud. It's perceived to involve music, especially singing hymns of the Spirit or praise. It's used in Psalm 22 and verse 3. Yet thou art holy, O thou who art enthroned upon the Tehillah, the praises of Israel. He is enthroned. O magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together. He doesn't just inhabit the praises of his people. But what if every time we begin to praise, it's like we've grabbed the throne. He's the MVP. And we start shouting around. We start running around the sanctuary. This is my God. This is who he is. He's riding upon the praises of his people. I wonder what would happen in my life. I wonder what might happen in my church. I wonder what might happen in my family. If I started lifting him up in his throne, began moving wherever I was moving. It's no wonder that in his agony on the cross, Jesus reminds himself that he's the God that inhabits the praises of his people. What if my praise would have offered him a temporary escape? I don't know that it did. I'm not saying that. But what if my praise and the praise that he knew was coming from believers that had not yet been saved gave him the gumption and the courage to endure. For the joy that was set before him. What if it was your praise? What if it was your shout? What if it was your dance? What if it was your halal? What if it was your yada? What if it was your toda? What if it was your shabak? What if it was your barak or barak? What if it was your samar? What if it was your tehillah? What if it was your praise that gave him the courage, that gave him the strength to endure the shame? How might you show him praise tonight if that's really what happened? What if he was looking forward? to tonight as he's hanging on the cross I know there's joy coming in the morning I know there's joy coming out I know that there's joy that I can look forward to what if it was him hearing our praise we know he reminded himself that he inhabits the praises of his people what if it was my praise what do I choose do I choose silence or do I choose praise Do I choose pride or do I choose praise? Do I choose comfort? Do I choose identity or do I choose praise? Praise is comely for the upright. Isaiah 61, 3. Let's all stand. You didn't make me pass out, but I'm gassed out. I know you got more strength than you. So you're going to help me finish. You're going to help me finish strong. That wasn't really a question. You're going to help me finish strong. Isaiah 61 and 3. One of the most powerful verses regarding praise, in my opinion. To grant to those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of Tahalah. Music, singing, praising, hymns, shouting, worship. The garment or the mantle of praise instead of the spirit of fainting so they shall be called 
oaks of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. And in Jewish history and in Jewish tradition, anytime there was death, anytime there was grief, anytime there was mourning, they would change garments. They'd put on sackcloth. They'd anoint themselves with ashes. Everybody knew they were mourning. Everybody knew they were grieving. Everybody knew that calamity and catastrophe had, had taken place in their life. The sackcloth was rough. It was rough fabric. It was uncomfortable. They spread dust or ashes over their heads. But here in Isaiah 61 and verse 3, the writer is saying, I can trade out that garment of mourning. I can trade out the spirit of fainting or the spirit of heaviness, the spirit of grief, the spirit of mourning. I could trade that out for a garment of praise. What do you choose? What do you choose? How complete do you want your praise to be? The garment of praise and the oil of anointing that are poured over the head of the praiser demonstrates great joy. It's not temporary joy. Get ready. Get ready. It's not temporary joy. It's a joy that the world did not give. And so the world cannot take it away. I wonder tonight on this Sunday night what we will choose. What we will choose. Are we going to choose praise? Are we going to choose worship? Are we going to let our voices be heard? Are we going to choose to sit back and let others participate? What are we going to choose? I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell lost another world. I am free. We're behaving when we praise, when we worship, when we serve, when we clap.